Previously on Searching for Ghosts. The official stamp on the paperwork was February 26, 2001. Also on February 26, a title transfer into Larry Markowski's name was recorded for a 1995 Chevy Astro van. I'm going to take my van down to uh, Mexico. You come down and get it. You have it. It'd be yours. It's a nice van, Harold. I dismissed that. Went to Jackson, ironically, to the mall for my sister and my brother-in-law, Larry, to pick us up. Uh, I left my car at the mall, abandoned my car in the overflow parking days, and they had went and got um, Larry's van. And by the time they had picked it up, he had uh, taken the seats out of it and detailed and shampooed the carpets to the point that they were still damp. Just six days before Bethany disappeared, a tan 1995 Chevy Astro van was registered to Larry Markowski in what appears to be a private cell. Two days later, on February 28th, the 1990 Chevy Cavalier that was registered to Johnny appears to have been sold. The Cavalier pops up again at the end of March as being sold from Quality Cars in Martin, Tennessee. This was the car she abandoned in the Old Hickory Mall parking lot when she and Bethany escaped to Nashville. Also on February 28, 2001, a Nissan truck was sold that was registered to a Johnny D. Markowski. Johnny Markowski is Larry's brother, who lives in East Tennessee. But the previous owner before Johnny lived in the Gleason area. So it seems that even though the truck was registered to Johnny Markowski's name, Larry possibly had possession of the truck. So it appears that the week leading up to Bethany's disappearance, there was some vehicle swapping happening with Larry. The Astro van was only in Larry's possession for five days before Harold Roberts claims that he was offering it to him with threats of fleeing to Mexico. I'm Brandon Barnett, and this is Searching for Ghosts. Season 2, Where is Bethany Markowski? We mentioned earlier that Larry was a truck driver, but he also did body work on vehicles. Remember this from episode four, The Escape? I mean, he said, I've got to go to Martin. We lived in Gleason. He said he was working on this car for somebody and they were coming to pick it up from Atlanta and he had to put the chrome back on it. I was in the aftermarket crash parts industry for 13 years. I serviced body shops with fenders, hoods, bumpers, and the like. I also serviced rebuilders. They buy wrecked vehicles at auction, repair them, and flip them. They are well-versed in the buying and selling of automobiles. And Larry was a vehicle guy, and there's nothing necessarily suspicious in that alone. Here's Larry's daughter, Jenny. Because that was all he, all he ever done. He never kept a vehicle long. Okay. You know, he, he always bought and sold cars. I mean, constantly. Um, same thing with places to live. He was always, moved, they were always moving. Yeah. Um, so, so none of that stood out. But there is something that stands out about the Astral Van. The van was registered to Larry on February 26, 2001, just six days before Bethany disappeared, until April 30, 2001, two months after she disappeared. This is the van that was tested by the TBI for blood evidence. 
While it might be typical for Larry to change vehicles like most people change socks, one thing about the van isn't typical. Out of over 40 vehicles that Larry Markowski has owned, this is the only one that has ever left the country. Johnny explains. We were sitting around one day talking about the van and that Bethany, Larry had that weekend that Bethany disappeared and the sh just talking about the short amount of time that he had the van and got to looking and found out that the van just kind of, after he sold it, just kind of disappeared and didn't show up for a while. And But when it did, it showed up in Puerto Rico. And so I was telling uh, law enforcement about it, and it was a surprise to them. They didn't know that the van had uh, left the country. The van was registered to Larry until April 30th, 2001. It doesn't show up again as registered until October 29th, 2003 some two and a half years later, in Caguas County, Puerto Rico. A Carfax report on the van reads that on May 18, 2001, it was listed as a dealer vehicle and sold at auction in Jacksonville, Florida. On June 22, 2001, it was sent to Puerto Rico. So roughly three and a half months after the disappearance of Bethany Markowski, the 1995 Chevy Astro van was already out of the country. Even if law enforcement wanted to take a second look at the van, it would have been very difficult after the month of June in 2001. I did a simple Google search on shipping a vehicle from the United States to Puerto Rico. I found a site to guide you through this process. This site stated that the rules about getting a vehicle to Puerto Rico were less stringent than to other places overseas. Quote, And because Puerto Rico is a commonwealth of the United States, shipping regulations to and from the island are less rigorous. Unquote. You might remember this from episode 3, The Hillary Story, concerning those hours immediately after Bethany was reported missing. So Lori works to secure Johnny a ride, while she and her husband make the one-hour trip to Jackson. Pay close attention to the details that Lori gives about what she witnessed when she arrived at the mall, especially the jacket, or lack thereof. This will come up in a later episode. So uh, we got Diane involved, and uh, my friend Diane, um, she... Uh ended up bringing Johnny to Jackson because like, the mall was closed when we got there because it was already almost six when we left so it was probably a little after seven I guess when we got there and um, when we pulled up I saw Larry Markowski in, in, his, in his van he was standing kind of in front of his van about four feet in front of it it was March 4th so it was like in the low 40s you know sun had already gone down was really cold. He didn't have a jacket on. Um, he was the only, it was kind of drizzling too that day. Johnny explains. But I did find out later, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they do like the heat-seeking helicopter or? The, what do you call it? Inf infrared, infrared, infrared or something like that. Something they were trying to find. And right behind the overflow parking is that cemetery area. And what they did find back there was a shovel, a new shovel, that they had tracked it down. And it had been either bought, it had been bought that day, I think, at Walmart. Really? Mm -hmm. And I, video. 
I watched the security tape over and over and over and over. Um, the guy had on an army jacket like Larry Markowski had, which he, when they asked him about it, he said that he had lost it. Um, all of the mannerisms were just like Larry Markowski. So there's video of this guy dumping this shovel? No, buying, buying it. Oh, oh from, okay. from yeah. Walmart. But they said it, the way the shovel landed was like somebody stood on the this side of the fence, like in the overflow parking, and kind of threw it over, you know, okay, the so thing. The shovel was bought that day. The shovel was bought that day at Walmart in, in Jackson, mm-hmm. along with rope and two five-gallon gas cans. Before I had even released the first episode of Season 2, I was talking to a friend of mine of over 25 years. This friend has ties with law enforcement. When I mentioned in a message that this season was on Bethany Markowski, this person stated that so much evidence pointed in one direction. Quote, mall videos, shovel, interviews, unquote. I knew that I couldn't get law enforcement to talk about the shovel, but I asked anyway. Here's retired TBI investigator Jack Van Hooser. Can you speak to uh, the shovel that was found in the cemetery? Behind the mall? Okay. Okay. And then retired Jackson police investigator Mike Holt. Can you speak to the shovel that was found at the cemetery? I don't want to discuss any specific evidence or potential evidence that was found. Okay. But Johnny did relay to me what she was told about the shovel and the different kinds of dirt found on it. They checked that shovel for fingerprints? Actually, they checked the shovel, and you have to remember it was almost 17 years ago, and touch DNA and all of that stuff wasn't... But if they, you know, it was at Walmart, so how many people touched it, loading it, yeah. And then, from what I understand, it, it pretty much just became an object that was being moved around in the evidence room because they had tested as... As much as they could test, you know. Did it have dirt on it? <laughs> it did have some dirt. Yeah. And the little, you know, it the, been used. the little spindle thing thing. And it wasn't, and this is how I found out dirt has DNA. So weird. Um, it wasn't, what was in the little spindle things wasn't, didn't match the dirt that the shovel was in. But dirt evidently has a DNA and it changes with the blowing of the wind and the birds pooping and... Yeah. It really does, and all that stuff. The surveillance tape from the Walmart shovel buy is grainy, and Johnny explains two reasons why she couldn't make a positive ID from the video. I don't really remember how long afterwards that after Bethany disappeared. It was either the next day or, or a couple of days after that. Uh, I went to the Jackson Police Department and they asked me to watch a video because apparently when they were searching for Bethany, they found a shovel um, in the cemetery behind the mall and they located where the shovel had been bought and it had been bought, I think it was that the day that Bethany disappeared, maybe earlier in the day. And it came from the Jackson um, Walmart. And so I was watching the video and Whoever bought it had on a, an army jacket, and the mannerisms and the way he walked and did he repositioned his hat and everything, and made me think that it was Larry Markowski. 
the man had bought a shovel, rope, and two five-gallon, um, the red plastic um, gas cans. The only two things that made me think that it wasn't Larry Markowski is the fact that this man reached into his back pocket to pull out a wallet. Larry always carried a wallet, but he normally carried his money folded up and in his right front pocket. And the other thing was when the man raised up his left arm, it looked like something metallic on uh, on his arm, like a metallic uh, gold or silver uh, wristwatch band. And Larry always wore uh, a leather band. So there was only two things that made me think that uh, it wasn't him. Johnny and Lori found some footage of a News 2 report out of Nashville about Bethany. The news segment had clips from around the time of Bethany's disappearance. One clip shows Larry Markowski with dyed black hair going through what appears to be a wallet while standing beside the astral van. We will have the clip on our Facebook page. This is the last of our weekly episodes on Bethany Markowski, but this is far from over. This is just phase one. While there is more information that we have received from interviews already conducted, we want to dig deeper. There are more people that we plan to interview and more research that needs to be done. What we have uncovered in season two has spawned new questions. So we need the time to investigate this further without the deadline of producing a new episode each week. We've only just begun. If you have any information about Bethany Markowski, no matter how small you think it is, call 1-800-THE-LOST. It's been hard. Holidays have been very hard. Presents for Bethany Markowski lie under the family tree with all the others. But this year, her gifts won't be opened. 11-year-old Bethany is missing. I had my first uh, Easter without her, Mother's Day, Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, and now Christmas. Bethany disappeared nine months ago while visiting her father near Jackson, Tennessee. Larry Markowski told police he took Bethany to the old Hickory Mall and waited in the car for her. A few hours later, he reported her missing. We haven't been able to substantiate uh, uh, her father's statement that she was ever even in Jackson. Investigators aren't buying Markowski's story. They tell News 2 no one ever saw Bethany in the mall, and security tapes show no sign of her either. This is a heart-wrenching case. This involves a child. This is Christmas time. This is a time when, when you value families, and, uh, and this little girl is gone. Bethany's mother believes with all her heart that her daughter is still out there somewhere. She's hoping and praying whoever has her will bring her back home safely. And that's her birthday party. Police say several people have reported seeing Bethany in East Tennessee, where her father now lives, but they still can't find her. Bethany's mom is hoping for a Christmas miracle, the only present that really matters. still have faith that she is going to be here. I may get the knock on the door Christmas morning. Christy Lowe, News 2 This Morning. Hey guys, Brandon here. Want to support Searching for Ghosts and look cool doing it? Well, now you can, and just in time for Christmas. The SFG store is up and running. We have three designs to choose from, including the quote, 
unquote shirt that I know the hardcore SFG fans will appreciate. We have multiple colors to choose from, t-shirts for men and women, and hoodies. I'll have the link in the show notes of this episode. You can also find the store at the top of the Searching for Ghosts Facebook page. Your support will help us keep SFG going. Thanks, guys.